Everybody enjoy that snow today? Yes. <laughs> I did too while I showed my driveway, and afterwards the rain melted all away what was left, so praise the Lord. Um, I, it's, it's 729 now. I won't be long. I'll, um, I've been battling something since probably Sunday, some kind of illness, whatever, and so I won't be more than a few hours tonight, I don't think. Um, <laughs> you can breathe right now. Uh, we'll, we'll listen. We'll be done probably by eight o'clock or so, if not before. But anyhow, there's this uh, a young boy. He went on vacation with his father, and he's going fishing. And he took and asked his dad. He bugged him on to go to church while he was away. And his dad finally agreed to let him go to church. And they went to church together. They went in a small little rural church. And when they got there, uh, the father started passing off from the plate. And the father didn't have anything, so he's digging through his hand, digging through his pockets. And he he finally he didn't have cash. And he finally pulled out a dime. He handed it to his son. He dropped the son, dropped in the offering plate. And afterwards, the service was over with. And the, uh, the father, he started just complaining way back to the car. He says, boy, that sermon was dry. And he said, the service has lasted forever. And boy, the choir, they was off key. And the little boy looked at him and said, Daddy, I thought it was pretty good for 10 cents. So tonight, I hope to give you your full 10 cents worth. And uh, hopefully, um, if not, my wife has extra dimes. She'll hand you back your dime, whatever. And uh, you can go back your merry way happy. And I'll complain about anything tonight. Um, we looked at this tonight, wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every way and a sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Brother Martini, my devotion is only out of habit. These are all things I've heard in the course of the past so many years I've been in ministry. I used to enjoy the things of God, but I don't enjoy serving Him any longer. Again, these are all different people. And these are people that, if you look at their life, you would say, man, these are the the sold out, these are the Green Beret, these are the gung-ho Christians of the church. I honestly can't remember the last time I prayed. Another one says, I want to quit. Again, these are all things that people said in confidence uh, to me. I ain't going to divulge anyone who they were anyhow. I'm only doing what I'm doing for God because it's expected of me. I need to step down from my area of service. My heart's just not in it. People think I'm strong, but I cry myself to sleep at night. I'm tired of of turning, only turning to God when things are going bad. Brother Martina, I I, want to change. I uh, probably about, it was probably about, I think it's 20, it's 2007 or so, I started cycling. And those are in my Sunday school class. You may have heard this story before. I'm not entirely sure, but... Anyhow, repetition sometimes good. You, you say, I don't remember hearing that anyhow, so you might have been sleeping that day. So in 2007, I started cycling. Uh, but how all that got started was, uh, first of all, a friend of mine, he was about four years older than me, and he started riding a bicycle. Now, he, he said, I got a bicycle, I'm riding it, and I, I thought, you know what, this is the craziest thing I've heard in my life, a, a 30-some-year-old man riding a bicycle. I said, who in the world does that? And then, so where we're, where we're from is really kind of a lot of mountain train and everything. If you've been to camp or if you've been out in that part of West Virginia, you, you know where I'm talking about. A lot of hills. And I remember as a young, last time I rode a bike, I was probably, I, I really don't know, I was probably eight or nine years old or so. And then we graduated into motorcycles, dirt bikes, or the case may be, and four-wheelers and everything like that. And I quit riding a bicycle. But I remember growing up back, you know, used to when we grew up, whatever, the parents kind of say, go do what you got to do, be home before it gets dark, or be home in three or four hours. And we would just run. I mean, we would just go wherever we wanted to go. And this is how it was back then. Well, I remember he started riding a bicycle, and he's, he's complaining about this one hill out in front of him. He could just come by, by my house and actually ride, because where he lives in a city, which ain't much of a city, but it's a city he wanted to ride on the, the country roads, and he did that. And I remember he's like, 
brother, man, that hue in front of your house, it is like horrible. And I'm like, man, he is really out of shape. And he went on for about a, a, a week or so, and I'm just like swelling up with pride. Like, man, that hill is so easy to ride. And I remember I took and got out my Huffy steel, he had an aluminum bike. I got my Huffy steel bike from when I was probably about 11 years old, I think I got it. And I remember for Christmas because, man, I wanted this bicycle. And, man, I got this 10-speed bicycle. And I was excited about it and everything. And I just put it in storage with my mom and dad's. And whenever I finally, he, said he, started, he started riding. I said, you know what? I'm gonna get, after about a week of listening to how hard it was to climb that hill in front of my house, I got my bicycle out. I got some new air tubes in it. And uh, I put the tires up. And the next time he said it was hard to ride, I said, I'll go ride with you. And I just knew, man, I was, I'm telling you, I was being prideful. I just knew I was going to jump on my bicycle. I was going to shoot up that hill and leave him in the dust. <laughs> it did not happen. He actually, we took off at the front. He went around me, went up the hill. And I'm like, what in the world? Well, out of pride, I kept on going. We, were, we used to ride two or three miles at a time, whatever. And it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good time, actually. But then eventually someone gifted me some money, and I bought me a little bit of a nicer bicycle. It was, it was a lot nicer, actually. And anyhow, my cycling career kind of began right there. But I'm telling you all of that to tell you, to tell you this. I think it's like the second time I did a 50-mile ride. There used to be this guy back where we had a physical therapy place, back where we came from. And his name was Lincoln. And I remember Lincoln, the second time I ever went out was the first time with my buddy. And we was just both slow about things. The second time I went out with Lincoln, Lincoln was an experienced cyclist. And Lincoln, he went out with us, and uh, he, both of us. And we're off the gate, man, we're taking off hard, whatever. And he says, you need to slow down, you need to slow down a little bit. Lincoln was experienced. And I, it was probably around a 30-mile range. Remember, we're going 50 miles, and what we did was a big old loop. We didn't go, like, out and back. We did, like, big old loops. And I remember it's about 30, 35 miles, and it was probably, like, the worst day of my life. And there was, there was no cell phone service or nothing. So my buddy's up in front, Lincoln's behind him, and I'm, I'm third in line, whatever. And we came to this hill. I should say hill. It's more like a mountain. Back there was hills. Over here, it'd be, a, it'd be a mountain, like Mount Everest or something. We came to one of the last mountains, uh, probably back to, back to where our, our cars are parked at. And I remember, I just, I, my, I just man, my legs just, <laughs> they just gave out. What's that do with a nice message? We'll get to it in a minute. And, and they, they just quit. And I remember that my buddy and, and him was gone for probably like 10 minutes or so. And I'm thinking, I, mean, I couldn't even stand up. If, if we had these pillows, you had to clip into them. We had to unclip out of the pillow. I couldn't even stand up. It was just, I had someone to talk to. Man, my legs were killing me. About 10 minutes went by. I remember old Lincoln, he came back down to where I was at. He says, he said, brother, he said, what, what, he just saved me. He said, what's going on? I said, Lincoln, I, I can't do this. And I'll tell you right now, if I could, if I'd had cell service, I would have been calling my wife saying, please, come, please come get me. And I, cause I, I mean, I was, I was hurting. And Lincoln says, tell me what's going on. I said, I told him this. He says, well, are, are you eating while you're riding? And I said, yeah, 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 I'm eating, whatever. He said, are you drinking enough water? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm drinking enough water. And he finally says, he said, listen, brother, he says, clip back in. He says, just steal my back wheel. You watch my wheel, and you follow me, so we'll get up this mountain. Now, my buddy never did come back. He went and topped the mountain while Lincoln came back and got me, and I was thankful for Lincoln. But Lincoln that day, he says, hey, get, get back on your bike. He says, just, just clip in your pedals, and you follow me, so we'll get there. He says, he says, can you just do one revolution at a time? He says, we can do this. I said, all right, Lincoln, we're going to try it, you know. And there was times I wanted to quit, but his link was in front of me, and he was leading the way, saying, hey, come on. He kept talking to me. He says, come on. You got this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I said, all right, guess what? I, I made it home, but I'll tell you, I trained a lot more before I did a 50-mile ride again. It was brutal. But here we go in Scripture here. It says, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, it goes back to verse number 11. I should say chapter number 11. 
It gives all these people who, by faith, they serve God. I mean, it, it talks about Moses. It, it talks about Abraham. Uh, it goes down through. It talks about even Sarah, his wife, because she, she had faith. Man, she, she trusted God. And it goes down to Enoch. It talks about it talks about Abel and it talks about Jephthah. It, it, it talks about uh, uh, Rehab, the, Rah- Rahab the harlot. It talks about all these people. And Apostle Paul here, or who, we believe that uh, Apostle Paul wrote this, but whoever wrote the book of Hebrews says that, hey, because all these people did this, hey, you can do this also. And you know, there's some times in our life that we'll look at things and you know what, I just, Brother Martini, man, I just, I can't take no more. You don't understand, I mean, I'm, I'm going through this and, and this is happening and, and then this is happening and inside you're like these people who I mentioned earlier says, you know, I just want to quit. And, and now I'm just reading my Bible out of habit. I don't even like, you know, here's the thing about being a ministry sometimes. If we're not careful, Bible college is bad about this also. We can get so busy doing the things of God, we forget about God, we get away from God, you know, and, we, and here we go, we find out in our life maybe we've been a week and we haven't really talked to God. Oh yeah, we'll pick the Bible up and we'll still read the Bible out of habit, but we have no relationship whatsoever with God. You you know, we'll, we won't pray to God or we'll pray for our food before we bow our heads and eat whatever, but we don't really walk with him. And a whole entire week can go by or two or three weeks and before long, we don't, you look around and say, where, where is God even at? You, you, you haven't felt his presence in forever. And here, here the apostle says, hey, look at these people who's gone before you. Hey, they've been through difficult times and they've been through challenging times and they made it. Hey, you can make it also. And by the way, let me say something, you can't make it. And that's just what Lincoln did for me that day. Man, I'm telling you what, I was, I was hurting. I remember I unclipped my right leg. I remember like it was yesterday. It's, it's, that's how, you know the bad things that happen in your life, how you remember them forever? I remember I unclipped that pet, my foot, whatever. I put my leg down. My bike started to fall over and caught my balance. And I just sat there. I'm like, I put my phone out of my pocket. I said, man, there's no cell service. Uh, my, my buddy's up the road somewhere. And Lincoln's up the road somewhere. I'm, I'm by myself out here. And I'm like, I, I felt, it was, I'm telling you what, I'm from the middle of nowhere. Let me take you for a ride sometime back where I'm from, and I, I can take you on the middle of, there's just one family. I'm talking about we're so far back in the woods. There's just one family. I know my Sunday school's heard this story before. There's just one family, in a bus ministry, and I remember going to visit them. And this one family, I, it's probably still true today. This is true in the middle of 2000, 2005, 6, whatever. They had a dirt floor in their house. This family, a bus kid, West Virginia, had a bus fa- had a dirt floor in their in their in their house, and not, not only that, they didn't have running water inside their house. Inside this dirt floor, they had one of those uh, one of those old pumps you pump water. They, they didn't have running water. They had electricity. They didn't have none of that. I remember one time we went to see Brandon, and this they, their, their house had like they had like um, the pasture was kind of like they had wires to barbed wire attached to their house and stuff. And just, their house was part of the, the fence for the uh, for the for the pasture or whatever. I remember one time in the middle of summer, this cow died. It was probably about 20 feet from the house or so. This cow died, and this cow just laid there. It just laid there and, and rotted. Go by every week and see Brandon, and, and Brandon, man, he was a cheerful boy. He didn't, I don't think he even knew how bad that we think he had it. Maybe he had it better than we thought. I remember this cow was just laying there and, and rotting and, and rotting. I remember Brandon would come to church sometimes, and he was all excited. He got a BB gun for Christmas. He's talking about how he'd sit in his bedroom sometimes, and he'd pick off the rats in his bedroom. 
You know, I, I said all that to say this. If some boy like that can, can keep on going, I think we can keep on going also. We, we think about people who used to serve God. Uh, they kept on going. We can do it as well. Uh, moving right along tonight, goes on to say, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. Lay aside every weight. And I apologize for this. Um, now, you know, psych, I should say cyclists, yeah. Cyclists, whenever they get dressed, usually what they want to do, they want to be lightweight. And I, as for the record, I didn't wear none of that um, undergarment stuff or shorts or anything. I actually wore shorts. And uh, there was this guy one time, actually, we used to, there's about six or seven from our church. And we used to go riding with these guys in Fairmont, West Virginia. It's called the Fairmont Flyers. They had a cycling club. And I don't know if there was. 12 or 15 of them. There were several of them. But I remember our guys, we used to go to Fairmont. We used to ride from where we was to meet these guys. And I remember we'd roll up there. One time I got there before the rest of the group did from my church. And we got there, whatever. And I was sitting away from the rest of them to get there. Because I didn't know none of the guys in the club very much, the cycling club. And I remember one of the guys said, here comes them mommish guys. And I was sitting there thinking. But I'm telling you, we, we, were, we wore shorts down to here. So there was baggy mountain bikes. That's what I wore is mountain bike shorts on a, on a road bike. You say, I bet that's pretty stupid. It, it probably did. But, hey, it was modest. You know something? We talk about women need to dress modest. Women need to be modest. You know, guys need to be modest also. Hey, it's right for the woman. It's right for the guys to be modest as well. So we were these Amish guys. I'm, I'm sure we go to Fairmont and say, hey, you remember them Amish guys? Oh, yeah, we remember them. Hey, we just, hey, we want to honor God with our lives. But here's the thing. Most cyclists, though, what they do is they get the, the, the least amount of clothes they can have on them. Why is that? It's for wind resistance. You say, wind resistance? That's foolishness. Now, let me tell you something. There is a science to this. These guys will spend, these teams, teams, they'll spend hundreds and, I'm sorry, they'll spend thousands of dollars getting their, getting their posture just right on a bike, uh, getting their clothes just right, they're even shaping the bicycle. They'll, get their, they'll, they'll be in these wind tunnels for hours just watching the wind stream go over and just get things just right. So a cyclist, usually what they do is they get the, the, the least amount of clothes, the lightest amount of clothes. You know something, runners, what runners do also. Runners do the exact same thing. Look at the lightest clothes possible, the least amount of clothes possible usually. I mean, even down to the shoes. You know the shoes weighs anywhere from six and a half to 13 ounces? I mean, they're, they're fanatical about it. Because why does it matter? Well, it's for the average casual rider, which that's what I was also. But if you're out on a bike for four, five, six hours... You say four or five times on a bike, you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, I probably was. But anyhow, when you're on a bike that long, I'm telling you what, you want lightweight stuff because the more, you, the more you're out there, the longer you're out there and stuff, it, it starts weighing on you. You know, so here's a Christian life. Here, it's like Lincoln told me, hey, do this, do this, and do this. What was, he, what was he doing? Lincoln was encouraging me how to be a better cyclist. Lincoln was encouraging me how to finish that 50 miles and how to get there and stuff and be successful. Well, here, the, here Paul, he's saying, hey, uh, lay aside every weight that so easily besets you. So what, what's the weight? I don't know. Let me ask you something. What is God speaking to your heart about right now? I said lay aside the weight. And a weight's not a bad thing here. A weight looks something good. You know, we used to, when we were riding bikes, you don't hear me a lot about, you know what, $1,000 paid off. Or some illustration, finally. When we used to ride bikes, we, I, I lied to you earlier, forgive me. We did go out this one, one road. It's about 13 miles out, 13 miles back. We'd go out, we'd pass this one guy. He must have lived on that road somewhere. But he would have these, have these uh, backpacks on his bicycle. He'd be wearing a backpack, and we would be going out that way. We'd pass him about halfway. We'd turn around, we'd take a break, turn around, come back, and we still, he still was 
plugging along real slowly and stuff. He had all this weight on him. I don't know why he was doing it for, but trying to carry all this weight. And this is what happens is we'll be, we'll be trying to live for God. So we're in a, we're in a, 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 a Christian life where we're in a race. We're trying to get to where God wants us to be. We're just trying to serve God, be what God wants us to be. And along the way, if we're carrying around this extra weight, something happens. We get sidetracked or we get detoured. And maybe we're still walking with God. Maybe we're still heading where God wants us to head. Maybe we're still doing what God wants us to do. But somewhere along the way, we get sidetracked. Because we have this extra weight on us. So again, the extra weight, not necessarily something bad. Do you know the extra weight could even be a, your family? <laughs> Say, hold on a minute here. The family, I'm going to tell you right now, you would be hard-pressed to find a more family man than, than me. I'm just saying, I love my family. I am all about the family, spending time with the family. But something happened, Pastor Bain, about 15 years ago or something. I don't know, I don't know about it here, but where we was at, this thing popped up, this soccer league. And I, I don't know what all this about, these little kids running around playing. I ain't talking about, I ain't, I'm not just playing soccer again. It can be a, a good thing. But all of a sudden, these we, we, people would start stop coming to church. Well, hey, I missed you last night. Virgin, yeah. Oh, Johnny had a game, whatever. You know, we had to travel 500 miles away to get to it. And then the time we got back, the church was started. We didn't want to, we was tired. We had to get the kids in bed. And, and all of a sudden, there's all, these, there's, there's all these stuff going on all the time for the family. And when all of a sudden, we become focused on the family. We kind of forget about God. Again, I'm all about the family, but I'm just going to tell you, well, you're an assistant pastor, of course. No, I'm telling you, in my life, God comes first. Before I was an assistant pastor, before I was a youth pastor, it was always about God. I made sure my family, my, my girls love sports. They, they love doing different things, but it's always the church always comes first. God always comes first, I should say. You know, a family could be something that can be a little bit of a weight to you if you're not careful. Uh, you know, bitterness can be a weight to you if you're not careful. You know, sometimes something can happen to us and we can be just like, you know what? We can get bitter about that. And bitter is, it is sin. But we can get bitter about something and, and let us be offended by things. And, and, and slowly before long, God wants us to be someplace and we quit being there. A family can be a weight. I said bitterness can be a weight. Uh, friends can be a weight also. You know, if you had the wrong friends, and you guys know all this stuff, and I don't know why God wants this one to preach. I have no idea. We was in a pastoral meeting Wednesday, Friday morning, and the pastor said, uh, I'll read your verse. What is it? And I didn't answer him because I had something else I, I wanted, the direction I wanted to go in. I didn't answer him Wednesday, I mean, Friday morning. I'm saying Wednesday, Friday. I didn't answer him because in my heart, I still wanted to preach this other message I had, but God kept bringing me, and I, I had this, and God kept bringing me back to it and, and back to it and back to it. I said, okay, so a couple hours later, I text pastor, and I said, okay, here's the verse, but I wanted to use right here. But, you know, our friends, I remember when I got saved, I was 21 years old, and I had a, a good friend of mine. He was lost, but we moved to North Carolina, and I just, man, I, I, I loved my friend. He was, he was my friend. I mean, we, we moved Again, 350 some miles away to get to where we was living at, North Carolina. And I got saved, and I kept trying to run around with him. And he, he kept doing the same things that we always did all the time. And I kept, but I was going in this direction now. But I, I kept running around with him. I said, God, I, 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 can't, I can't give his friendship up. I just, man, he's my friend. I'm telling you, that friendship was a serious weight. And we finally got to the place where I said, hey, um, hey, hey I'm going to say this. And I said, hey, you know what? I said, I'm just going to have to. We're going a different direction. I mean, here's the thing about it. He got to the place here towards the end, Brother Horton, where he would like, he would like sometimes call me up and, and crack jokes on Christians and stuff. And knowing I was a Christian, it just, and it got, to, I had to end that friendship. You know, we didn't have a friendship. 
And it can slow us down. It can be even another Christian. They can keep us from running the race that we're supposed to run and not get to the place where we need to be in our Christian life. So a family, your family can be it, uh, being bitter or having a bad friend or something like that can also keep you from being a Christian you ought to be or running the race you ought to run. You know, if we're not careful too, we can get that hurt feelings keep us from running the race we're supposed to run. And what I mean by that is I've met a lot of people since I've been out here, actually, where many years ago, I'm talking about many years ago, prior to your tenure here and stuff, they got their, got their feelings hurt. And they said this to me. They said, you know, I used to go to that church, but I'm not going back for this reason right here. But let me help you with something. When I was first saved, I was in, and that's when I, I was in a fundamental Baptist church, and I heard a lot of, um, uh, don't do this, and don't do that, and don't do that. And I heard that a lot. And, and you know what? I, I, I quit. You know, when my preacher said, don't do this, I, I quit doing that. And he said, don't do that. I quit doing that. When he said, do this, I started doing that. And I didn't fully understand why. I, 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 I didn't understand all of it exactly. Then I was saved for a few years, and I, I started understanding stuff more about how th- this keeps me from having to walk with God that I need to have. But here's the thing in my life. This is where I am. I do not separate I do not separate from the world just to separate from the world. I, I separate from the world to separate unto God. Is it God's over here? I separate to God. You know, and when I separate myself to God, I, I do not want to do those things I shouldn't do. I have no desire to go to a bar. I have no desire to listen to music I shouldn't listen. Why? Because I am separated unto God. And man, I'm telling you, I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt his feelings or do anything that's going to uh, hinder my relationship with him, so to speak. When I was cycling all the time, I was fanatical about it. I mean, we go cycling. I mean, if I, if I was cycling three hours, I'd easily burn 3,000 calories, easily. So, I mean, I was really a, a fanatic about watching what I ate, when I ate it. I mean, even, like I said, down to timing, when I ate this stuff. And, you know, whenever things would pop, I still have stuff I like. Man, I, I love red velvet cake. I, I love Oreos. I love take those things and dip them in milk. Oh, my soul. They got to be just the right amount of, of softness, though. I mean, it can't be too soft or soggy. I, I don't like them. They can't be. I just, I love that. But I want to tell you, when I finally got to was serious about cycling, and I did it for many years so I had something happen to my health, when I was separated into cycling, I had no desire no more for Oreo cookies. I had no desire to eat red velvet cake. I had no desire for a lot of stuff. And I found myself, man, I was just, I was focused on this. We used to have this dog. I'll wrap this up here real quickly. We used to have this dog. It's pit bull, actually. And I, I used to, <gasps> yep, we had a pit bull. And I, I lo- he was muscular, too. I mean, he was like, I'll just get a picture of him. He is muscular. And I remember I'd come home from work, and that dog would be all, all up on you. I mean, he'd be right there. At, he wouldn't jump on you. He'd be all up on you stuff. He'd want you to pet, put his head, in your, his, head in your, his head in your hand. And you would pet it and everything, whatever. I was trying to think, what am I saying here? And I would pet it stuff, whatever. And finally, I'd say, this dog's getting on my nerves. And I, I would come home, whatever. And I'd, say, I'd, I'd ignore him. And I'd actually turn around. In my line, and I'd turn like this, and he would turn around and get right in front of me. And I said, that dog. And I would go like, he'd turn around, and he'd just stand there and look up at me. And I said, he's want me to pet him. He's just, I mean, he's obs- that's when I come home from work. He's obsessed with it. And it got to the place where I, saw, I started playing this game with him. I would ignore him for about five minutes, and then I'd walk to the back of our house. I'd go back to our house, and he'd follow me back. Just bit of hardwood floor. He'd run down the hardwood floor here with little toenails on the floor, whatever. And he'd stop and just look up at me. And I was like, ah. And I'd pet him, whatever. And then it got to where I was like, I'd do the same thing back in back and back part of the house. I'd turn sideways, and legs would turn right around there also. And once I pet him, man, he, he was good to go. He could do whatever he wanted to do, frolic and play with the girls, whatever the case may be. 
But let me ask you something. That dog was so just fixated on, on, on wanting to meet a, my, my attention and everything. How, how are we? How are we in our walk with God? Are we just so focused on God, God, whatever it is you have for us? And God, hey, you want me to get rid of certain music, God? Hey, no problem, God. I'll get rid of that music. Hey, it's whatever you want for my life, God. Hey, God, you want me to start wearing something, God? Hey, I'll start wearing it. You want me to stop wearing it? No problem, God. Whatever it is you want. You see, when I first got saved, you said, Brother Martini, let me tell you a story here. Um, I remember when I first got saved. I was at this woman's, I had this job, and it took me to different people's homes and everything, and I was at this woman's house, and she, go, and she I was talking to her for a little while, and, and she finally, she said, um, she said, what's different about you? I said, I, I don't know what she was talking about. She goes, there's something different about you. And I said, uh, ma'am, I, she goes, are you a Christian? I said, well, yes, ma'am, I am. And she goes, I thought so, I thought so. And here's the thing. This is where I'm going with this. Does people know there's something different about you? But you say, well, Brother Martini, that, that's just your character. That's just who you are. <laughs> no, no, it's not who I am. Who I am right now, the person you see, God, God's honest truth. I am a complete 180 from who I used to be when I was lost. I ain't talking about being saved. Uh, yes, you get saved, you're a new creature, understand all that. I'm talking about my personality is a complete 180 from who I was. Before we got married, before I was even saved, uh, North Carolina, there used to be this woman had this store or whatever. I, used to, I went there like two times, and I didn't see her for a year. I got, I got saved, and then I got married, whatever, and, and, and not whatever. And then, and then I got married, and we went back down there to see her. Just went to a store, and, we walked, and she's really a chatty, Kathy kind of person. We was talking to her, and she said this to me. She goes, I used to not like you. I'm like, at first I hurt my feelings. I said, what do you mean you don't like, what do you mean you don't like me? And she goes, you was one arrogant person. You know that? Did she not? Am I telling you the truth? I'm, I, God, when he saved me, he so changed my life. He so changed who I am. I, I'm not making this stuff. I, 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 I had two friends. I'm talking about the people I ran around with. It was, just, just, it was just wickedness. I had two people, two of my friends. One was 18. The other one was 20. Murdered. And I'm not talking about they was hurt in a car accident and their life was taken. I, I'm not talking about they was uh, riding a motorcycle and crashing into a tree. I, I'm talking about this, this one guy, and it doesn't matter why, but his life was taken from him on his front porch. This, this guy got out of jail and went straight to his house, made a beeline to where he's living at. My friend opened the door, and the guy stuck a knife out and killed him right there on the porch. He bled out there on the porch. I had another friend who was just, just brutally beaten. Why are you telling me all this for? It's a kind of people that I ran around with. And I'm telling you all that to say this. Why, why wouldn't I be devoted to God? What, what, why, what, what did God save you from? What, what course was you headed to? Why, why wouldn't I want to lay down the weights that is holding me back from serving God? Like, why wouldn't I want to do that? I, I, I myself, I just try to be a reflection of, of God. I, I, I try to be a, a mirror. When somebody looks at my life, I want them to see his life. And let me tell you something. That's the only good thing good about me. Because if, you, if there's anything that you say, well, man, look at him. That's Brian Martini right there. Uh, the only thing, everything good about me is the part that God has. That's all that's good. The Bible says lay aside every way to easily beset us. And this is the last thing. And I'm going to close this up. And I apologize for popping that mic so much tonight. It says, lay aside every way in a sentence that so easily besets us, and let us run the patience, the race that is set before us. You know that all of us has a different race set before us. All of us does. 
We say, well, you're an assistant pastor and you're a pastor and you're this and you're that. You know, we all have a different course in life. We all have a different race we're supposed to do in life. Uh, and, and let me say something. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm wrapping up with. Uh, you're not responsible for the race I'm running. We can't say, well, you know, Brother Martini does that and does that and I can, I can never do that. And, you know, and Pastor Bain, he, he does this and he, he, I, I can never do that. Or, or so-and-so, man, Brother Kidwell, he's just... Man, he's in your face telling you how it is. You know, man, so I, I could never do You're right. You, you couldn't do that. You couldn't because that's not your race. Your race is whatever God has in front of you. And here's the thing about it. Again, I ain't going to be responsible for what's your race. You ain't going to be responsible for my race. Just me. It, it's, it's personal. God set a race for you to do. Now, I understand we're all supposed to be living for God. We're all supposed to be soul winning. We're supposed to be glorifying God. But there's something specific that God wants you to do. I don't know what that is, but I think you do know what that is. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. When I used to cycle, I used to be real bad about just wanting to shoot out of the gate real hard. I mean, hard and fast. I had all this energy. Not thinking I had another 35, 40, 50 miles in front of me. I just want to shoot out of there, man, as fast as I could and stuff and get going, whatever. That I would find out when I was inexperienced about 30 miles into it or whatever, 40 miles, I would crash hard. And I mean, that last 10 miles, a hard, hard ride. And we see people sometimes like that. They'll shoot out and something will happen. Somebody on church will say something about something. And it'll fit them. They'll be out of church. Or, or something will happen. It'll snow a little bit, whatever. And I, whatever the case may be, something will happen that it's like, oh, you know what? I'm, I, I can't do it's just, it's just too hard. No, we, listen. You have a race that you're supposed to run. God said, Apostle Paul said, all these people before us have done all these things. You can look, at, look to them. You, you can do this also. And talk about a cloud of witnesses. Do you know, the, and it's not what the Bible's talking about here. Do you know also the people's watching you? Your children are watching you. And that, I'm just going to be real transparent. I use this word a lot in my classroom. Be real transparent. There's been some times that I've <laughs> I wanted to quit. There's been some times that, you know what, God, I just, I'm, I'm hurting, God. <laughs> you know, God, you, you know I love you, and you know, God, I try my best, and, and God, I don't understand why this was said or why that happened, or I don't, I don't understand why my two-year-old daughter has epilepsy, and God, I, I, don't, God, I don't understand this. God, why is this happening for her? And God, I just, God said, wait a minute, you know what? This is the race I have for me, but there, there are some people watching me. If I quit, they're gonna, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shake them. Hopefully they don't quit too, but it's going to, I don't know how many times I've heard people tell me that, their kids, the adults tell me that when I was a child, their, their parent quit and how it just, man, they went in a course like this for a while or it jolted them, it made, made them want to quit also. And, and some of them, they have questions. What happened? I'll talk to them and they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm saved. I believe that. So what happened to you? And they'll say, well, let me tell you. Now my, my dad and mom this, or, or what my grandpa, whatever the case may be. I understand we're accountable for our own self, but you have no idea who's watching you, how it's going to affect them. You know, tonight, this is what I want to just bring out to you. Are you running the race that God has for you? Then secondly, do you have any weights, any weights that you need to lay down? And this let you say, I don't understand all of it. You know what? I'm 50 years old. I'm still trying to figure things out sometimes. Sometimes things will, will hit me and, and knock me back a little bit. I was like, God, I don't understand that, God. But I remember back here, you took care of me here, and you took care of me here. I said, God, I'm going to trust you on this. I'm going to keep on going. Do you have any weights you need to lay down tonight?
And secondly, are you running the race that God has before you? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.